We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Tim Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested what is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Coming to you live, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, much later than our normal Sunday live stream, as the Thunder just got done getting the doors blown off of the tank by the Kings. 126-98, to a 30-point loss to the Sacramento Kings. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. We've got Kamiar trying to stay awake. I'm starting to think this team maybe isn't very good. We've also got Taylor, new resident of Yukon, Oklahoma. Yukon, well, America. So I've been uh, kind of teasing there. So it, it's really weird. Yukon address, Piedmont schools, like a mile or so west of Deer Creek. And we're OKC utilities. It's ridiculous. So basically what you're telling me is that I'm going to be the brownest person you're going to see in a year. <laughs> yes. I'm going to, I'm going to bring Kamiar to our neighborhood pool. Everybody's going to be looking at him like, who is yeah. that? <laughs> we can have a podcast and we can call it the minority report. <laughs> but I do bring good news. I'm in, yeah. I'm in our office in the, the new house, right? There you go. I'm not so talking out a window anymore. You don't got to lean out the window. 
Summer's my young echoes. and you. <laughs> so, we, like I mentioned, we are live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So if you are joining us tonight, hop in the chat, get your questions in, react to all the stupid stuff we say. Mateo already here saying good evening. What's up, Mateo? Thank you for joining. If you were listening to the podcast version of this on your Monday commute or maybe your workout or just whenever, we appreciate you downloading the pod. Thank you so much. Drop a five-star rating while you're listening. Write a few nice words because it's tough to podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder right now when <laughs> every game is like Groundhog Day. But gentlemen, here we are once again. The Sacramento Kings, surprisingly, the last time these two teams played, it was a close game. The Thunder almost effed around and beat the Sacramento Kings. Tonight, though, there was no question uh, very early on in this game. And like I mentioned, the Thunder end up losing 126 to 98. No Shea, no yeah. Horford, no Mike Muscala, no Ty Jerome, no everybody, and no yeah. Lou Dort tonight. They started uh, an interesting lineup tonight. I guess Poku was at the two, Bays at the yeah, three, Roby at the four, Moses, Moses Brown at the five. five. Teo Maladon, a questionable game time decision, yes. ended up playing tonight. So, uh, interesting lineups. But, uh, Taylor, just anything that you take away from this game? Is there anything to talk about? <laughs> I think I, I tweeted that there was two pauses from this game. Um, and honestly, maybe there's three because um, there's just one other guy I do want to go ahead and mention. But um, the two that I, I mentioned in my tweet were uh, Bayes. One and two thunder lottery odds increase, yes. <laughs> which is awesome. Um, I thought Baisley was continued to be aggressive. Um, only shot the ball 13 times, which I actually think is good. No, I understand like in a game like tonight and efficient 13 times too. six of 13. Absolutely. Good point. Very good point. Um, but you know, we've seen where he's had 20 point games recently over the last two weeks, but he's shooting the ball like 20 something times. And he's, he's probably only like six of 20 in those games. Tonight, he's 6 of 13, look, looked much more poised, but still was aggressive, which I love to see. Um, and I kind of tweeted this out as well, but I just, uh, this is a huge offseason, I think, for Baisley in terms of his growth. I just want to see him put on strength, uh, physical strength, and improve that outside jumper. Because if he can do that, I think that's going to open up his game, and he's going to be efficient even with less attempts when you have guys like Shea and, and Dort playing regularly again. Um, and he's in that mix. I think um, yep. if he can um, do those two things, it's going to be big. Definitely. And and Kamiar, I wanted to throw this over to you real quick because Taylor just mentioned something that I've been thinking about a lot for the past couple of weeks. Darius Baisley has been incredibly inefficient. Um, and I'm curious, how much is that due to Baisley not developing versus how much is it due to the Thunder just throwing out you know, lineups that include two 10-day guys, guys that are on two-way contracts, and Darius Baisley, and he's kind of, uh, quote-unquote, the focal point of the other team's defense. And do you think that we will see a more efficient Baisley whenever we go into next season, where instead of taking 17, 18 shots a game, it's seven or eight shots a game, and he's playing around better NBA players and better playmakers? Is, is what we're seeing out of Baisley a product of Baisley not growing, or is it a product of the environment? Well, usually on bad teams, bad players eventually have to score a lot of points, and he's not doing any of those things. So 
I would say uh, he's not really making a jump. He still like he still drives the lane without any idea with what he's going to do. His jump shot's getting a little bit better, and that's fantastic. But I mean, it's not like he's blowing the doors off of anybody. It's not like he's scoring far more than he normally would. Like a Lou Dort averaging like over you know double digit points. Uh, Teo Maladon is further in his development than Darius Baisley is. Pokashevsky might even be further in his development than Darius Baisley is, which is kind of like your own probably is too. <laughs> and so, uh, no, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm not really worried about his future going forward, especially if OKC gets a top five draft pick because I don't think Baisley is going to start for this team in the future. Uh, so to say, put it shortly, no, I don't think he's taking the steps necessary because even on a bad team like they have been, like they've lost 21 and lost 22, mm-hmm. um, even on a bad team, they have to. They have to score points, and he's just uh, like Lou Dort's putting up points. Mateo's putting up points. Svee's putting up points. This dude's just not putting up any sort of points whatsoever, and uh, he's getting a ton of opportunities, so no. Yeah, and I'm with you very much on the he's, – he's gotten better at finishing when he drives, but he still drives frequently and gets to the rim and isn't sure what to do. Should I try to shoot a floater? Should I try to dunk it? Should I try to kick it out? He, get, he like picks up his dribble – and then doesn't have a plan. And should I me, argue with Coach Mark? <laughs> to <laughs> we'll me, get into that. <laughs> to, to me, that's a sign of the game hasn't slowed down. Right when the game slows down for you, you start to drive, and you know what your move's going to be, and you know this guy's going to rotate, and I have this pass to that corner, or I have this dump off, or I'm going to be able to get to my right hand layup. To me, it, it almost seems like the game hasn't slowed for him. Um, and you hope that that eventually happens. Um, you know, I'd be interested to hear what Baisley would have to say on that as well. If, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if you'd get a, a truthful answer, not to say that he's a liar or anything, but you know, that, probably just get mad and shut down. Uh, <laughs> is going to base listens to this podcast and he just, he's going to text you and tell him to stop calling him a liar. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> um, no, it's just, yeah. yeah. I, and I think I'm with you. I don't think Baisley is a starter on this team. Um, probably as early as next season, I think. So that that's exactly, that's something I wanted to bring up when Kamiar said that. I think he brought up a really, really good point. So I if you draft... Good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? he came up with the podcast name. That's we why we pay Kamiar the big bucks, yeah, man. That's right. I, I copyrighted that's everything. I copyrighted everything. So if you guys ever decide to kick me <laughs> off, I want royalties. <laughs> he can do that. Um, but one thing that... that you mentioned like, you know, looking ahead, if the Thunder do land a top five, shoot, maybe even like, I mean, Kamiya was kind of mentioning this before we started, even like a top seven, eight pick, and you end up with a guy like a Scotty Barnes, like you mentioned, Kamiya. Um, I'm not basically anybody but Mobley. Do you really want to sit those players just to start base? I think you want to start those players, especially with that level of talent. Um, and that probably puts Bays on the bench. So how does he respond to that? Because like we've seen uh, with his interactions with the media over the past season, obviously the thing with Dagnaut, which I don't think is a huge deal, but we'll get into. And even just, you know, how he reacts. I, I don't know. There seems to be a little bit of maybe immaturity in that sense, in that regard. And him coming off the bench, losing that starting spot to a, a new rookie, that could be an issue for, for him personally. Um, so I'm curious to see how that would you know, play out. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. Right. And we've talked about it a lot before. I think you're going to see a lot of roster rotation this summer. 
uh, almost by necessity, but it's going to be interesting to see at the end of the day when everything shakes out. And, you know, maybe the best case scenario for this Thunder team is that Baisley is starting next year. And that means that he made a jump over the summer and he yeah. really increased uh, his his skill and his ability and the game has slowed down. So Taylor, any other takeaways from tonight's game? So that's a good Jacob. You mentioned um, kind of the, the roster uh, expor- exploration um, transition into next season. And one guy that I'm really curious about, actually two, but Josh Hall didn't really do anything tonight. <laughs> um, but the other guy I've really kind of been keeping an eye on because I know the Thunder are at least interested in him, but probably not enough to give him a full roster spot. It might be another two-way heading into next season. And that's Jalen Horde. Um, he has 16 points tonight on six of eight shooting. Didn't attempt a single three, which is fine, but he also had um, five free throw attempts, made four of five. Um, played 22 minutes. There was, a, I mean, the starters played some some solid minutes as well, but there was a lot more bench minutes to be given tonight with the shortened rotation. But Jalen Horde's been playing and contributing um, some solid minutes throughout this stretch, especially tonight. I think on both ends, he looked more confident on the offensive end of the floor, but also was playing some good defense on the defensive end um, against some, like, maybe some taller, uh, longer, more athletic bigs and forwards uh, that the Sacramento Kings played tonight. So I'm curious what you guys think about Josh Horde's night tonight specifically when we're talking about this game, but also long-term. Like, do you guys think next season maybe he's brought on again with another two-way or they just kind of let him go and maybe he'll get picked up by another team? I could see him being on the OKC Blue next season. But again, like, they're, they're not going to have the roster spots. Right, somebody like even like Svi Mahailuk might not be on this team mm-hmm. next year because they're not going to have the roster spots. So they're not going to give a guy like Jalen Horde or or Josh Hall a roster spot. But I would not be surprised um, to see Thunder want to keep those guys in house and get them with the OKC Blue for a full season next year to to see what they can do. That's a good point. You guys don't like, you guys don't like Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. I, I like Charlie Brown's hair. Which I, one? Uh, I tweeted out tonight. Both of them. <laughs> both of them. Charlie Brown and Charlie Brown. The, the Schroeder streak, but like if Schroeder had long, long hair, I like it. Um, I tweeted out tonight that if the Thunder do get the number one pick, we should put Charlie Brown's number 44 up in the rafters next to Collison um, because he is like the epitome, the the ultimate tank commander for oh, the yeah. OKC Thunder final stretch of the season. And speaking of that, um, Kenrich Williams also gets a DNP coach's decision Another tonight. Um, and, and somebody asked it in the chat, Taylor. I guess we could just get to it right now. Yep. Um, Tony Bradley with a DNP as well. Can you pull up that that chat question? That's interesting. By Nate For Sanders. Sure. Uh, Nate. Yep. Here it is. At what point does Presti get fined for all this BS that we all know is not real? <laughs> I was wondering question. that tonight. Know. Also, I do not know. I was learning that also, or does he not? Because he's a small market and they're going to let him get away with it. Yeah. Uh, I say get away with it. I, uh, this is what we, we want, but the NBA so, screwed over small markets and OKC several times enough. Maybe they feel bad for him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Nate yep. Sanders says no, Tony, Tony Bradley, the last few games, does this mean he's already guaranteed a spot for next year or have they given up on him? That's a really uh, good question. I think it's very fascinating. Um, we've seen Moses Brown get a lot of burn, not Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley is in a contract year. He's a restricted free agent this summer. Is he getting DNPs because they plan on bringing him back and protecting his health? 
or is he getting DMPs because they are not bringing him back and they're going to keep Moses Brown around? They're they're not playing him because Moses Brown is terrible and Tony Bradley is not that terrible. Tony Bradley was backing up Joel Embiid in Philly and Moses Brown was backing up some guy in the G League. So, I mean, you tell me. Yeah. Um, think- just just watching Moses play tonight, Kamiar, I know you, you've harped on this a lot. There was two back-to-back plays where Moses' man came up, uh, Rashawn Holmes, who, hell of an NBA player, Rashawn Holmes. really He was really good in Phoenix. He's killing it in Sacramento. Great guy. Uh, Rashawn Holmes came up and set a screen on the ball handler, and I don't know why this is the Thunder's defensive philosophy in this situation, but Moses Brown steps up, uh, and and comes up even to the screen and like spaces his arms out and does not drop back into coverage and does not contain the pick and roll or the the ball handler because he can't move quick enough and just gets cooked in pick and roll defense like every single time and so it's um he has anchors good for feet. Bob. Jeff. He's bad. He's a yeah. bad player. I mean, like, that's the whole point of all of this. And then plus, like, like honestly, like, Teo's getting burned, even though, like, he also now has some sort of plantar fasciitis. Uh, I don't even remember who they started at the two because I started play- watching Varsity Blues in the middle of the game because the game was terrible. <laughs> uh, and then I, I watched the end of it. I, I you know, I watched Poku and the i was I, I flipped between the sacramento broadcast and they're like really liking poku they're like man this guy's actually really good for mm-hmm. how young he is so that was really cool to hear uh, other other fan bases talk about you know pokashevsky or as uh tim bon was it bon temps that called him alexander pokashevsky yes yeah, alexander yeah. you uh, mean you weren't listening enough. to michael cage talk about count chocula Oh my gosh, he talked about that. I that. And then he like tried to what was he talking about when he just like stuttered for like three straight minutes? And I'm not exaggerating. It was like at least two minutes of him just like stuttering over and over, trying to get thoughts yeah, out. I don't know. The good part about me having Ugh. YouTube TV and league pass is that I don't I don't get to watch the games on my TV. So I'd find like a, I have a stream that I watch. Um and so also, would have to watch ballet sports and listen to Michael Cage. Yeah. You know, but honestly, I'm not that. I'm. I think Michael Cage is okay, just because like he's com- comedic relief because of all the it's dumb true. crap yeah. he says. I really don't like Chris Fisher. He's like an over. He is an overcorrection to uh, the remarks that Brian Davis made that oh, whatever that got him fired. But uh, Chris Fisher is like. I hate him so much and what he says because it's the most boring, obvious things in the world. I I hate it. It's awful. I think they should put us on the on the call. Yes, yes. They should well, just rotate know, thunder hey. podcasts on the call. Speaking of, uh, you know, me moving, my next door neighbor. I'll tell you guys off the pod. I think <laughs> I think he can get us in. I looked up who just, he was. Just leave it. Just leave it at that because yeah. I have no clue what you're referring to right now. I looked I up who either. he was, and he's like, <laughs> he's pretty high up there. Like he could, he can make the introduction to Tumbleson. That's all I'm saying. Oh, for the Thunder. Okay, I thought you were talking about like your next door neighbor's like a serial killer. Oh or no, 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 no. I mean Thunder specific, like <laughs> oh, okay. 
Taylor's or like you mentioned, neighbor. getting us into yeah to to next door neighbor is actually Sam Presti. Did you guys know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually next door neighbors with Sam. Um, no, Sam's probably in Gallardia or something ridiculous. But to to get us a little bit back on track here, call me. Are you you are of the belief that Tony Bradley will be back in OKC next year? Yes, because he has been playing significant minutes or not significant minutes, but substantial minutes in the NBA for a couple of. For a couple different teams, and Moses Brown, the the only time he's played for a team is with the OKC Thunder when they are being awful. So yeah, yes, I would not be surprised if if because Moses's contract is non guaranteed. If they do not pick it up, uh, that would not come as a surprise at all to me. So, um, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's a, I thought that was a really good question from Nate Sanders. I wanted to get up here real quick since since we were on the on the topic of of Moses Brown and and whatnot so uh any other thoughts from from this game Kamir mentioned poku uh, he had missed a few games for a knee bruise i believe came back tonight did some some poku stuff again you yeah. know had a few flashes he had early in the second half that behind the back dribble went off the off the dribble beat his man hit a finger roll um he had a really slick backdoor pass to gabriel deck late in the fourth quarter uh, just continues to to make flashes. Kamir, you mentioned watching the Kings broadcast where they were hyping up Poku. Uh, what was that, a week and a half ago? I was watching the Toronto broadcast where they were doing the same thing. And, and mm, Everybody loves watching Poku. I mean, everybody. Like, I, I, it's I, impossible I to not enjoy it. There's two things that national, and, you know, usually um, in the, the past however many years, probably 10 years now, um, when you hear the Thunder talked about on national podcasts, national NBA podcasts, like, whether it's the ringer or ESPN, Brian Windhorse's podcast or the hoop collector, whatever it may be, you know, it was about, well, Russ and KD, or it was about, well, Russ and, and uh, PG. Now it's like, well, the thunder are hardcore tanking. It's kind of humorous. Also Poku. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> let me, let me ask you guys this before we move on. Uh, without knowing what the draft picks are going to be for next year, um, without knowing who joins the roster and who leaves the roster, for next season opening night, 2021, 22 season is Alexei Pokashevsky starting for the thunder. I want to say yes. I mean, I want to say yes. I think I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go. Let, let's get crazy. Dude. I don't know. That's such a bad <laughs> question considering like how many draft picks they have and how much yeah. roster adjustment that they ha- that they will have to do. I, a better question is if Al Horford will be on the team by then. I think that's a pretty firm no for me. That's a I real, know it might be a little really bit difficult question. to trade the contract, but I think it's a pretty firm no for me. Um, I'm going yes with you, Taylor. I think Poku starts at the beginning of the year next year. I just I got a feeling. What's he start at? I mean, and that's a conversation probably for the offseason that we'll have. Yeah. Um, but that's what's fascinating to me. I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's starting. At, well, I say that. You're probably starting a Lewis shooting guard, but like I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? He, yeah. I got so disengaged in the game towards the end that I, I posted a tweet. I don't know if you two saw it, uh, but I said, imagine with me for a minute. I'm going to ask you guys the question I asked on Twitter as well. I said, imagine with me for a minute that it is October 2021. The team shows up for media day and training camp. Uh, Alexei Pokashevsky is 25 pounds heavier. And he shows up with a full arm sleeve tattoo. 
what is the, what is the 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 theme of his sleeve? Oh, <laughs> what 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 of all the things Poku could get tattooed on him? What are you going with? The snake. <laughs> snake. It's like a really shitty snake too. <laughs> oh, this is tough. Kind of like kind of because he like he looks like he's morphing from a human to a snake. It's what he it's what Cody kind of looks like. Like anamorphs. Yeah, kind of like a kind of like a self portrait that uh, what's his face used to have with the big dude. Uh, oh my gosh, from Minnesota. Yeah, the big Russian Ooh. guy. What was his name? With no neck. They had Alexei Shved, and then yeah. who was the big man? <laughs> oh, why can't I remember? Yeah, it was the big knight with the flail that was like yeah. a child's drawing, and we always called it a, yes. a self portrait. What was amazing. his name? That's gonna drive me nuts. We're gonna flip that up. I'll Google it while oh you guys are gosh. talking. I don't I, know uh, what Poku's tattoo oh, would be, but I just I just had one and I oh, losing it. I hope Dang it's it. not tribal. What if he has got like a big like mural of Borat? Because <laughs> 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 that picture of him and, and his family and Draculovich. Colton Davis in the chat's got us. There it is. Yeah, Pekovich. Nikola Pekovich. Perfect. Mateo says his his tattoo should be of Slender Man. I oh like wait, it. no, Nick. Uh, Nick responded too. He got us in our chat. <laughs> That's been our Slack. That's funny. I love uh, it. Oh, Nick. <laughs> there you go. I love it, bitch. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what his tattoo should be. It should just be like some like flames. Just like some like daggers. Cold War. <laughs> Soviet bullshit. I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's Putin move on. Or... I, I wanted to bring this up because this this became a bit of a, a point of contention for Thunder fans. Because I think partially because we just haven't had we much have nothing to talk else. about. <laughs> but after the first Thunder versus Golden State game, uh, Warriors World on Twitter uh, surfaced a video that was apparently on the Warriors feed, not the Thunder feed, of Bays and Coach Dagnall getting into it a little bit. Uh, with Bays clapping in Coach's face before they broke the huddle, uh, a, a lot of differing opinions on were they like actually going at it? Was Dagnall just trying to fire him up? Uh, I believe Joe Masato asked Coach yep, today pregame. Um, Taylor, what was that quote from Coach? Um, so when asked about it, um, Coach Dagnall said, I wanted to give the team a little bit of a jolt, and he responded to it, which I really have no problem with. I felt no disrespect no disrespect there, and I didn't think I was dis- disrespectful on my end. We were fine literally seconds later. Shea was laughing at us the entire time. That's why it's a little funny. Or sorry, I emphasized a little. He, he didn't emphasize a little. <laughs> I did. Uh, so, so Shea was laughing at us the entire time. That's why it's a little funny. It was obviously a little hot, but it wasn't an escalated situation. That's a really big deal. Interesting. Um, trying to lip read the video, it's pretty clear that Dagnault says something to to Bays. Mm-hmm. Bays responds, and Dagnault says, "Well, then play effing harder." And uh, so, that's so fascinating. Bays claps. Yeah, Bays starts clapping in his face. Uh, you can clearly see by Shay's eyes that he is laughing. Um, Coach downplayed it, obviously, from that quote. But anything more to read into here? as we play um, uh, psychologist to the <laughs> Thunder uh, franchise. Is there anything to, to read into here, Taylor? 
I don't really think so. Um, I, I, I think Degnault's probably pretty spot on there. I don't think it was necessarily disrespectful by Baisley. And even if it was like in the moment, um, I think Baisley probably understood, you know, he wasn't going to like yell at him. Like we saw, um, what was that? Gosh, what team was that now? Pacers. Like, Pacers. Yeah, Pacers. Thank you. Thank you. Um, where the assistant coach got suspended and you had what's his face. I don't remember the player's name now. Um, From the Pacers, Goga Patazzi. Yes. Thank you. Um, I would totally mispronounce that name if I had remembered it. So I'm, I'm glad you you did, Jacob. <laughs> Teamwork, all three of us. Um, so all that being said, I, I don't know if it's that huge of a deal. The only reason I think it's just something that's on Thunder fans' radar and something maybe to monitor is just because it's Baisley. And we've seen just kind of some, I don't even know what the right, term would be here I, I wanted to say rebellion and maybe i don't think that's necessarily correct in this sense um but you know we we saw the whole thing like at the very beginning of the season when he his media availability um he kind of you know turned back at andrew schlecht um we've seen him just be short with the media outside of that it's just i don't know some small things there that just almost show some signs of immaturity um mm-hmm. and it just makes you wonder so that's the only reason i think this is a thing um, but I think we probably should just take Dignal for his word and not worry about it too much, like you said, Jacob. Kamiar, thoughts? I think there's a few things here. I think that it's all speculation, and you're not going to get the honest truth from either Baisley's side. You're not going to get the honest truth from Dignal's side either way. I think Baisley is maybe tired of losing after experiencing maybe not as many losing games last year i think uh that's part of it and he's being and he's having a lot more pressure put on him this year than he's probably ever had in his entire basketball playing career uh you also saw a thunder coach basically you know this is you've not seen a thunder coach act this way since probably pj carlissimo basically kind of like getting in guys faces and like really gripping into them like never saw scott brooks really do that and you definitely didn't see donovan do that as they you like, and if they did, they were very nonchalant. Of course, they had stars to cater to, so they didn't piss them off, so they wouldn't leave. But I mean, like, the, what what Dagnall is doing is something totally different than what Thunder fandom and like Thunder players, I guess, are used to. And then the whole idea booth with Shea laughing kind of weirds me out. It's kind of mm-hmm. like let's like let's say you're a classroom teacher and you're getting onto another kid, and one other kid starts laughing about it. Everybody else is just like, okay, nobody takes this seriously. So that could be a situation. But again, it's all speculation. Nobody's going to know the full truth. It's always going to be a gray area. And I think they're just ready for the off season so they can go and party and have fun and maybe lift weights. Marcus <laughs> in the chat says, well, at least Bayes didn't go spree well. Yeah. Fair. So, yeah. That's would it would have been the highlight of the season. There's nothing else. <laughs> I do. I like what you brought up again, Kamiar, about, um, Coach Dignall, like if this is next season, like we've seen him get, we've seen Dignall get a little more comfortable um, and, and starting to kind of not chirp at players, but be more assertive than we've seen OKC Thunder players, uh, or OKC Thunder coaches in the past. You don't really have that, you know, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook that these coaches are coming into. You have Shea, right? Which maybe is on that same level as when some of these other coaches like Scott Brooks and, um, or really just Scott <laughs> was coming into. So next season, do we see Dignall doing that to Shea? 
Um, I kind of think yes, because I think Dignall's just a guy who um, he doesn't really care. You know, he's, he's going to coach the way he coaches. I also see Shea being a player who's going to respond well to that. But I'm curious kind of to see that once the team's at full health and they're competing again. Yeah, it's uh, I wanted to mention that too, that, you know, it's like Kamiar said, we haven't seen this from a Thunder coach recently. And and it's interesting. I don't feel like we saw coach do this much earlier in the season, but as the losing streak has started, we've seen him get into Poku a little bit. We've seen him get now into Bays a little bit. And so I wonder how much of it is coaches getting more comfortable as the season is going on versus how much of it is like trying to stay on guys to not develop bad habits uh, because they're like taking their foot off the gas a little bit because they're getting blown out. Um, uh, And maybe an example here, uh, last season when I was covering the OKC Blue, uh, head coach Grant Gibbs, it was his first head coaching gig. And so at the beginning of the season, uh, he was pretty quiet over on the bench. He'd like shout out some defensive assignments, you know, call a timeout, but he was never really that vocal. But then after we got like two or three months into the season, right before the shutdown, actually, I remember sitting there on press row, like covering the game, and there's a co- or a call that coach didn't like. And you just hear him yell, you know, man, what the, like talking to the ref, what the F are you looking at, you stupid son of a bitch? Well, and like going off. And I was like, holy smokes. Like I did not see that coming from him, um, you know, two months ago. And so he's like, he got more comfortable, right? He got more comfortable in his role and, and felt more emboldened to do those things. I wonder if there's a little bit of, of that happening with Dagnalt as well. Also, these are a bunch like of young that. guys, right? These are a bunch of teenage kids uh, or barely a little bit older. So uh, I think he feels the need to be maybe a little bit more aggressive as a coach. And I think the only reason the base thing really became that big of a deal was like Taylor mentioned uh, the Pacers incident that happened a couple of days earlier. So if, if Bays would have looked over at coach mid possession and told him to sit the gaff down, then I think we would have had a problem, right? Yes, And then if Dagnall was trying to fist fight him, but uh, we didn't have that. And so, yeah, call me, I think you're right in that. We we never will know the full truth. They're going to keep that in-house. So uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. I need to get that drop for the the podcast. It's all speculation. Exactly. So, uh, gentlemen, let's move on. Really, the last time on the the Sunday night pod, we will have to do a tank meter because this time next week, the season's over. No, thank God. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, thank I know. God. But <laughs> thank God. that's so weird. Let's go to the tank meter. Loser! You're a loser! And that means that the number one pick in the NBA draft goes to... All right, so I have some updates for the tank meter. Before we get there, though, we will start with Taylor. Taylor, if it's full, that means we're gunning for the number one pick. Empty means they're pushing for the playoffs. Where has the Thunder tank meter been this week? I mean, it is not only full. It's like, if you could over like flow your your gas tank with gas and the meter just like breaks it just like goes beyond full that's where the thunder are at Presties uh, put the the gas pump like in the back window 
and it's yes. just putting yes. gas inside continuing the vehicle to pump it. Yeah, exactly. The the whole entire car is full of gas, much less the tank. Um, this is from Royce Young. He used to tweet this out here a couple minutes ago. Per ESPN, ESPN stats and info, the Thunder have been outscored by 490 points in their last 25 games. The worst margin of defeat by any team in any 25-game span in NBA history. Woo! Previous worst was the 92-93 Mavs, 489, uh, one-point difference there, who went 11-71 and 71 in that season. So to Kamir's point earlier, when does Sam Presti get fined? When you have stats like that coming out, makes you wonder. Um, so you have that, and then, you know, I'm no Justin. I don't have an analogy here. Um, but I just recently, May 4th, last week, I got my uh, my pre-order book in from Jake Fisher. He was a guest of the podcast here about two, three weeks ago um, with his book, Built to Lose. And I've started reading it. It's awesome. It's great. You guys should go order it. So I haven't gotten all the way through. But if we were to get all the way through um, and, and based off this season, I think Jake might have to go back and write a whole new chapter about specifically what the OKC Thunder are doing this season. So the uh, the, the tank is full. I like it. Call me our, Where are you putting the tank at? You guys remember an artist named Daddy Yankee? Yes. Yes. Daddy Yankee? Wait, no. Wait, yeah. That wasn't Daddy. Oh, wow. I, I do not remember his song. Daddy it sounds Yankee. like a country singer. Daddy no, Yankee no, no, had no. a famous song. He's like a Latino rapper. Ga- it's called titled Gasolina. It is Gasolina. Oh, I was right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, went, it sounded like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like Gasolina. Mumble it, cause yeah, because be, <laughs> if I mumbled it, it'd be. I feel like that'd be mildly racist. But <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, man. They're bad, and they're obviously like trying to be awful. So uh, that makes that Boston win even more frustrating for both sides, for Boston and OKC. I, I don't get, ball, I don't get the hellhole Boston's in right now. Like they should be way better than they are. But regardless, it's as full as it can get. They're not going to get to that bottom number one spot because Houston tanked way earlier in the season than OKC started, but. You know, you blame George Hill and Al Horford for playing really well at the beginning of the season, and now only one of them plays. And Mike Muscala for not letting the tank live. So, uh, yeah, they're trying yep. as hard as they can to tank. I just want to know what's in Presti's little green book and whose names are in those yes. in, that, in that little break yes. green book. Great point. And if he, he writes like, like maybe it's like a burn book. Like he hates, like he's writing down like how much he hates certain <laughs> players and how much he loves other players. Pressy's prospect hit list. Yeah, instead <laughs> of a little black. So, to, to, what Kamir yeah. is referencing is, um, and I, I, I wish I could give this photographer credit. I forgot. Uh, I think Stephen Dolan on Twitter did. Um, and they're, oh, and Thunder Film Room, they both did. But Pressy was at the Allen Iverson Classic, or whatever they're, they're calling it. Allen Iverson started some like tournament, AAU tournament circuit. Uh, this, and, and the first one was this past weekend. Uh, and so there's a lot of like a top talent across the, the nation who came to this tournament and Presley was seen there um, doing some scouting. And he had this like little green notebook, which was so interesting. Like, you know, a little bigger than his hand, not full size notebook. Super interesting. I love it. Uh, Well, some tank updates for you guys. Uh, The thunder as of tonight after the Kings game are now in sole possession of the number three best lottery odds. Uh, They are a half game up on Cleveland, Orlando, and Minnesota. 
Uh, they are a full game behind the Detroit Pistons. As Kalmyar mentioned, there is no chance of catching number one. Um, at, so if the Thunder lose their final three games, which are Kings, Jazz, Clippers, they will at worst be tied for third. That's the, the worst they can do if they lose out these last three games. One of my favorite scenarios that can still happen is Minnesota loses out, Orlando loses out, Cleveland loses out, Oklahoma City loses out, Detroit beats Minnesota in their matchup on Tuesday night because we do have Detroit versus Minnesota Tuesday night. That's and then Detroit m- m- loses the rest of their games. We would end with a five-team tie for the second-best lottery odds, wow, which is just wild. insane, um, absolutely insane. So uh, part of me is actually kind of rooting for that just for the craziness. Yes. Um, but that that is the last game, Tuesday night, Minnesota versus Detroit. That is the last matchup of any teams in the bottom six uh, in the standings or the top six in the in the lottery standings. That's the only matchup left. Um, the thunder are after seeing what they did tonight, I have no doubt in my mind, they're going to lose their final three games. Knock on wood. I have no doubt they will lose their final three games. And their, their hope is that somebody else wins a game somewhere around here. Um, obviously somebody has to win that Detroit, Minnesota game. They both can't lose. Uh, but besides that, you hope somebody along the way wins a game, um, for instance, like Orlando plays Philly uh, twice to end the season. Philly is really close to locking in the number one number seed. Number one seed, yeah. So does Philly rest guys down the stretch? And maybe Orlando right. does pull out a W, right? Uh, there is some some interesting scenarios that can that can play out there. So, so kind of to that point, I guess, before we uh, head around the association, uh, one more stat from our own Nick Crane. He tweeted out, OKC has won 11 in their last 12 games. The 11 losses over this span has been a, by a combined 266 points for an average of 24.2 points per contest. With that in mind, the Thunder had hold sole position, uh, uh, possession of the fifth best lottery odds for the 2021 NBA draft. Um, and then I had one from Shams, kind of to your point that you're missing, Jacob. Basically, the last two days of the regular season, um, all games are being played at the same exact time. It's like a Friday and a Saturday. They're all being played between like 12 and like 3 p.m. Eastern or something like that. So basically, whether it's uh, teams at the top or the middle uh, of playoff contention, essentially, from each conference, uh, trying to like manipulate games to Mm -hmm. help with their matchups. They can't really do that. Not nearly as well. Um, You know, they can't sit like key players or uh, whatever it may be because they're all playing at the same time. And the same thing for tanking as well, right? Like, you know, if, if you're a team, uh, well, I guess a lot of the the tanking teams are all going to want to lose, but regardless, I found that interesting. Uh, The the league is playing all those games at the same exact time. No, yeah, it, uh, yeah, they all tip off, I think, within two hours of each other. So no game will be over. Nobody can watch. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, I have Tankathon. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pulled up if you're watching the stream. There we go. Uh, We are going to do... There we go. We're going to hit a sim uh, before we move on to around the association. So here we go. Bang, two and five Boom. in our oh, sim. Perfect. Uh, really hard to ask for anything better than that. Uh, one more spin. Perfect. We won't get one and five here, I don't think. Yeah, this one, five and seven. Still not bad, but still two and great. five. That changes uh, entirely the the future of this franchise. So Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, let's take a quick run around the association before we get out of here this evening. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> it is time that we take a visit, take a chat about old Thunder friend. Russell Westbrook. He is now tied Oscar Robertson for the most triple doubles in NBA history. I think it is a foregone conclusion that as early as Monday evening in Atlanta, Russell Westbrook will become the leading triple double getter in NBA history. So this is kind of wild. He did it in exactly like, not like roughly, exactly 100 less games than Oscar Robinson did. Russ tied 
Oscars record with 939 career games. Robertson did it in 1,039 career games. I found that interesting. That's yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, if Russ plays another hundred games, he probably gets another 90 triple doubles. Yeah, uh, I feel pretty confident about that. So I wanted to ask you guys. Most of those triple doubles obviously came in his OKC career. Is there any one that sticks out to you? Uh, we obviously had the triple double season, right? That that first season that Kevin Durant left the Russ versus the World tour. Um, they they we had a lot before then, a ton after then. Does any specific Russ triple double game stick out to you? Do you, do you have a specific memory? Ugh. You're putting us on the spot here, so yeah, I can't I like come up with will, any like hipster, like uh, low key, non popular ones. But, like the, the 2020, 2020, yeah, the 2020 the, game, the Denver game, exactly. Yeah, those are two big ones. <laughs> yeah, 2020, I mean, ones 20, shouting out a crip set, Nipsey Hustle, yes, on national television. <laughs> that one was pretty yes. awesome. Um, one that I always go back to. It's a very obscure game, and I think it was in the Russ versus the World season. Okay. Uh, early season against the Phoenix Suns. And it's the game where Russell Westbrook hit the sham God and then the assist to Steven Adams for the dunk. Oh, that was for insane. some reason that one to me was just like the, the holy shit moment. That was one of the most wild, like just what the about most the one passes where he threw it behind his shoulder to Steve for the dunk and Terrence Ferguson's face got zoomed in. He was like, what oh, game was that? God. They, that was that Her was against tweet went viral. <laughs> the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, that tweet oh. went viral. Uh, Doris Burke retweeted me that night. That was like <laughs> that was the pinnacle, man. You don't get much better than getting a uh, retweet from the goat Doris. Doris is cool. I love Doris Burke. Yeah, that that Agreed. assist called me or might that assist, and then I think he got a triple double this night as well. But the game up in Toronto where he threw the full court bounce nutmeg. pass nutmeg between Corey Joseph's legs that to pick all the deep wild to you're gonna, yep. you're gonna act like he meant to do that. Yeah, there's no way, but still it was badass. <laughs> it was still perfect. I don't Ola care Deepo if it was intentional like, or not. Oh, the depot was like, Oh, the ball's in my hands now. He didn't <laughs> yeah. expect it to happen. So. <laughs> he almost smoked the layup. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't expect the pass. Yeah, I was, it was it was awesome. I just remember being in the airport. And I was about to get on a plane to go back to OKC. And I saw that they were being the hell out of Toronto. Uh-oh, did we lose Comier? I think we did lose Comier. Uh-oh. He paused. <laughs> he was frozen. I, uh, uh, we I will never know what happened whenever he was getting on that airplane. <laughs> the suspense. <laughs> Goodness. It, you know what? You know what's really funny? Just a complete aside. As Comier told us, you know, because it's, Obviously, we're starting late after a late game. That if something like this happened and it froze, like he was just going to turn he off. He was just computer. logging off and going to sleep. So maybe he <laughs> so just quit is probably gone. <laughs> just quit mid sentence. All right, Taylor. Just a couple more things around the association before we get out of here. Um, Zion Williamson out indefinitely uh, with a fractured ring finger, I believe, um, which comes at an interesting time because the mm -hmm. Pelicans are knocking on the door. Uh, only what is it? One and a half games behind the San Antonio Spurs for that final play in spot. Um, do you think they try to get Zion back quickly to make that play in spot? And do you think the Pelicans can get there? I, 
<laughs> it's so tough. I mean, I think they hey, could. Yeah, and, and for the record here, give me just a second. Maybe this will uh, that this will help. This will inform well, your decision. I was trying to think. The in my San, head. San Antonio Spurs have five games left: okay. Suns, Suns, Nets, Bucks, Knicks. They legit might lose out. That is they an incredibly out, they difficult might, schedule. Dip, right. The Pelicans have the Mavs, Lakers, Dubs, Grizzlies. Ooh, that's tough also. So they'll win like two of those maybe. Um, I can if see they them doing those, it. They're in, man. But there's a part of me that feels like, you know, Dave Griffin, um, David Griffin, he, he's a smart GM. Um, they have all this this future draft capital. It just makes me wonder if he's thinking like, look, even if we do make it into the the playing tournament, that's great. But like the better odds I have in this draft, the better, essentially, right? Um, and you know, they aren't going to tank full full on or and they don't have to next season because they have Zion and they have Brandon Ingram and they have all these young guys. You know who's so really good for them? Super interesting to see what Lonzo what happens to Lonzo's offseason. Yeah. Who, who are you thinking of? I I think they're okay with if getting Lonzo like a sign and trade because of Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Oh, okay, yes, kid can I hoop, agree. man. He is hey, really good. I invest in his top shot. Got a great number, great hey, serial number. Go. Hold on, I, to I wish we could pair the Canadian cousins here in OKC. Oh, that'd be yes. I, I mean, wish. talk about two guards that fit really well together. Yeah, I agree. I would. I would love it. Uh, let, let, let's bring around the association full circle back to the wizards. Are they going to be able to make noise in a first round playoff series? Oh, let's, let's say they make, they make the play in, they win the play in, right. and they get into the playoffs. They're either going to be playing against the Brooklyn nets or the Philadelphia 76. Oh, hell yes. Is there any chance they make some noise there? I mean, the, just the like standard disclaimer that everybody stays, uh, stays healthy. Obviously, Bradley Bill was announced today as battling a little bit of a hamstring strain, which mm-hmm. is just terrible because they've been playing so well. And I just like fingers crossed, especially for Russ being a huge Russ fan. Hold on, uh, for those of you watching, I gotta get this hanged, but you guys can see my Russ mural there from Arturo, um, the man. Anyways, <laughs> all that your means, dog after Russell Westbrook, for God's sake. I did, yeah, that's true. That's true. I have a rumble and a Brody. Um, so obviously I want this for us very badly, especially seeing the level that he's playing at again. And and Bradley Bill's just been on a tear. I mean, him and, and Steph are going head to head um for the so scoring, scoring title, title. Yeah. Which was really funny seeing Steph's interview. Uh, did you catch night. the end of the Wizards game on Saturday night? Russ's clutch not. free throws and then the block. I didn't have cable game. at that point. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, Actually, I did, they're, but I didn't watch. They're one of the funnest teams to watch in the league right now. Um, and I, I am dying to see Russ oh, and the, Brad the block. Beal. Sorry, yeah. yes, when Russ had the triple-double, yeah, then yeah. he had the block. I am dying to see Russ and Brad Beal in a one-game-for-the-playoffs yes. matchup. So that's my point, Jacob. Like, I know you, the past two seasons you've been very high on the Sixers, and like rightfully so, you've been awarded this season. You and Nick both. Um, but like if the Sixers get the one seed and then they're pl- like you said, they're playing the wizards in the first round that almost worries more th- me for the wizards. Although Joel Embiid, I think will just like tear them up, but I don't know. Like I, I know Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is an incredible defender, but, um, oh, 
man, I think Russ and Russ and Bill could have a heck of a series. Yeah, they can make some noise for sure. It would be fun. So, all right, Taylor. Well, we're gonna get out of here because it is twelve fifteen, and we both have <laughs> we work have to tomorrow. go to work. Uh, any any parting thoughts before we uh, we get out of here? Tank is full on. It, it's just really weird to me that the Thunder only have three games left this season. Um, obviously, it's been a different season than we're accustomed to, but even then, it just feels weird. So I'm just going to cherish every minute of it, every minute of Poku, every minute of Ty Jerome, whatever we can get. Um, you know, and I'm just super excited for June 22nd. Yeah, June 22nd is the day that the uh... – the Xanax prescriptions in Oklahoma City. Oh go my gosh, roof. go through the roof. That's right. The anxiety for the lottery will be very high. So, all right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining. If you were on the stream tonight, there was a handful of you late night tonight. Man, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and hanging out with us. Just in the podcast version of this, can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Please drop that five-star rating and a review if you don't mind. It'll only take you a few moments. It means a ton to us. Helps our podcast out a lot. Uh, so we really appreciate that. Three more on deck. I think it's Tuesday, Friday, Sunday. Our no final, pun intended there. Yeah, our final. <laughs> I like it. Our final three for the season. We'll be doing post-game pods after each one of those on the Locker Room app. So if you don't have the app, go download it. Join us. Uh, those will also be in your pod feeds as well. And later this week, we will have an update for you guys on what the podcast schedule looks like for the offseason because the Thunder might be done playing, but we are just getting started. We have draft previews, player grades, guests, the draft itself. So much coming up for you guys. We cannot wait to dive into it all with you. So until Tuesday night when the Thunder take on the Kings for the third time, you guys have a great start of your week. Stay safe. And we will talk to you soon. Tank up. Thunder down. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for more information on how to get treatment. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50-plus, for the LGBTQ plus community, a confidential program for first responders and service members, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for help. rcahelp.com slash podcast.